This is a podcast about two friends whose wives are having baby girls three months apart. We have no qualifications to be talking about this. It's based purely on the new experiences of two clueless idiots trying to fumble their way through fatherhood. Yeah, not bad of you. I'm smashing, mate. I'm good, good. In the car. Yeah. Uh, I'm driving to what can only be described as the promised land of Sunderland. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> the motherland, the best the city. The s- the, go- <laughs> it's the centre of the civilised world, isn't it? The centre of the universe, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2,000 years ago, there was Rome. Uh, there was probably others. <laughs> and yeah, now and, it's Sunderland. And that all turned to shit as well, didn't it, Ryan? <laughs> so let's just explain to anybody that is listening out there in yeah. podcast land that the quality might be particularly poor today as we're both on hands-free in our vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, so that just put that disclaimer out there. So yeah. uh, I want to start today by giving you... Yeah. By letting you guess where I spent the entire weekend. Now, obviously, we know, but just for anybody else out there, that standard guessing rules apply. Yeah. So, so obviously, SGRs are something that we're quite... Uh, we're quite all fair on. with SGR right now, but yeah, for anyone new, that's just yeah. three guesses. Standard guessing rules apply, yeah. three guesses, th- always must have three. Um <laughs> As a maximum and a minimum, obviously, unless you guess it right. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll guess where I spent the entire weekend. The entire weekend. Right, well, it was a bit quiet on your end. Uh... So far, that's some good workings out. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, on the couch? <laughs> like, it, intermittently sleeping on the couch? Now I think I thought you were using detective skills there when you started off oh, by saying a bit it was quiet, right? It okay. was pretty quiet. Now if so, I'm spending the weekend on the couch, does that mean it's radio silence between us on text messages? Well, where you bloody live it is if you disconnect from your Wi-Fi. Yeah, that that is true. I am rather out in the sticks when <laughs> yeah, it comes to um, the internet. What's so ra- like signal free, mate? I, my instinct is pulling me towards hospital, but I, he's nailed it in two. Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it in two. I'm, I'm very pleased for my guessing, but, like, what what's happened? So, let's go back to... To, to timestamp it, this is uh, two two weeks of baby. Baby was two on Sunday, wasn't she? Two weeks. Two weeks on Sunday, yeah. So, yeah. just so she's before like, that. So, Saturday night. Christine's changing a couple of nappies, and uh, Ollie's getting a bit, sort of like restless in general she's she's not she's feeding then she's throwing up a lot then she's trying to feed some more because she's just throwing up then she's throwing up again pretty much instantly she's kicking off and screaming about a bit and she doesn't yeah. re- she's not really a crier but she's getting really really agitated um the main thing like i say she was throwing up and it wasn't like a little bit of they call it posset i've learned which is like Oh, what's that? Is that like milky soap, is it? That's like standard, just had a feed, I'm going to be a little bit sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sort of. I 
I can't hold this in thing. The, the, one yeah. that, the bit that comes out at the end of burping them, that bit. Yeah, the bit like the creamy bit that dribbles down the side of the mouth or whatever. It's called it's what? Posset. Posset. P O S E T. Mate, that's a dessert, that. Um, I think that's postre. No, there's a pot like you can have a lemon posset. Trust me, I watch enough bloody MasterChef. Right, I thought you were going all continental on me because that's like <laughs> the word for dessert in Spanish is postre. Oh, look how educated we are. Yeah, it's probably all wrong, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so not that standard stuff. Basically, at one point, Christine was feeding her and she finished, the, the baby finished just to throw everything back up directly onto her chest, basically. Everything she just ingested. So that and she hadn't had a, a poo for sort of a day, um, yeah. which isn't incredibly abnormal. Apparently, they only can have only like one a day is quite normal at this point. Um, oh, yeah, so normally you're changing wee, wee nappies plenty, um, but not, not. I mean, even the poo nappies are like brown wee at this stage. There's no consistency to them. Um, so, yeah, hello. Um, so uh, when we, are, we were changing a nappy at one point and Christine decided that her belly seemed a little bit swollen outwards, but, but quite a bit swollen sidewards she was quite looking quite wide right um which i hadn't really noticed but then obviously when she points it out you then you start sort of reading into it a bit more anyway so she said this being sick got worse and worse so we took her to uh we took her to a and e about 10 o'clock on saturday after speaking to 111 and they they told us to go to a and e which uh, obviously, I didn't expect anything else because they want to be better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, so we get to A&E, we sit around there for an hour waiting. Um, we go in, the doctor sees her, says that he wants to take her into the Nightingale ward, which is like the children's uh, ward at Chesterfield Hospital. Right, okay. And Nightingale? Yeah, I guess like, Florence. Oh, yeah. Did, was yeah. she kids? Uh, no, but she was a nurse, wasn't she? Yeah, I suppose so. I yeah, think I she. Remember what she was up to? She was famous for treating soldiers. I think injured injured soldiers. I think. Um, oh, right. Okay. I think it was World War One, and she was like she got a lamp or something. In my head, she's got a lamp. Yeah, maybe. I think she just went around being an absolute superstar to all the injured soldiers, and because she was so good and helped so many. Uh, she got like the obviously the big reputation for being, you know, as helpful as Florence, like a you know a proper Florence Nightingale. Yeah, yeah. I'll let the people of Chesterfield Hospital off with that. Yeah, I I would imagine that there's they've probably done the research, haven't they? Really. Well, I would imagine that every hospital in the country has a Nightingale ward somewhere oh, that is, or other. That is big talk. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to stick with it. It's, I'd reckon it. It's like having a, um, a sports hall in Sheffield and not calling it the Jess Ennis Sports Hall. Yeah, all right, fair play. So, yeah, so they, they take her in. They do an x-ray um, because the worry is that she might have a twisted bowel, um, oh. which is fairly common, as in... If a kid has a bowel problem, that's something they check for. I'm not saying it's like one in two, but 
So, so yeah, so they do the x-ray. The doctors at Chesterfield are brilliant and the nurses are absolutely out of this world. I've told you before about the midwives. Well, these girls, well, these ladies, women on Nightingale Ward are just, again, on a par with the midwives. They're absolutely cracking. Yeah. Um, but the children's hospital, obviously, is uh, in Sheffield. They're the experts in that department, in that field. So the consultant on the night shift says to us, I've got the x-ray and stuff. Um, right. Definitely a bit of a, we can see where it is a bit backed up, if you like, um, in the bowel. But she says, I want to get a second opinion from Sheffield and we need to wait until like 9, 10 in the morning when the consultant gets in Sheffield. So, right. So we go, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then... They want to monitor her overnight anyway, make sure, or, you know, make sure she's uh, weeing, make sure she doesn't get any worse and all that kind of thing. But then the sort of suggestion is that if it doesn't clear, she might have to go into surgery the next day in Sheffield. Oh, uh, Which, yeah, so Sorry that's when obviously... Swear. No, no, I mean, it's, it's called for in that situation because you do start panicking somewhat. Um, yeah. So I mean, then, I suppose I'm being quite, uh, so, like, spoiler alert. So, yeah, I can be quite cavalier about this, I think, because I, I do at least know that she's okay because I've just seen a video of her, like, seconds before I came on the phone to you, and she seems fine. She's either absolutely fine or she recovers from surgery at a rate that no other human <laughs> ever has in history. Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you, we can be a bit more relaxed about it. I think that's why I was... Um, <laughs> That's why I was okay playing uh, standard guessing rule quiz at the, the start of the call. <laughs> hey, guess what's happened to my two-week-old daughter? Standard guessing <laughs> yeah. rules apply. What? She's had major surgery. <laughs> <laughs> got you there. You wouldn't have got that. <laughs> so then, so they say to her about this surgery, say to us, so obviously, we, you know, we're really tired at this point because it must be like three in the morning. Um, yeah, yeah. On this top of your the, usual uh, newborn baby fatigue as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and she's still obviously in a lot of discomfort and whatnot. It got a little bit worse with terms in terms of the stress levels because Christine was trying to get... We, so they put us in this lovely little room, private room, um, yeah. big cot in there, a uh, single bed and a chair, little TV and everything. So yeah. Christine's trying to get a little bit of rest on the bed just with her eyes closed and i'm sort of sitting in the chair she's sort of dozing now one of the nurses comes in to me and says they've already got her hooked up on a, a heart rate monitor with a and a breathing monitor um, oh, yeah. which in itself i know it's only to keep obviously to monitor but it still gives you that you know that like yeah, kind yeah, of, was the hospital look isn't it like yeah it's, it's yeah it's that that line that's going up and down on the films is the one that yeah. flat lines, and that's kind of the worrying bit, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. You wouldn't want that, that's not a situation you want to be in. But then it gets a stage worse when they say they come in and Christine's dozing, and they say to me, "We're gonna have to uh, take her now to to pop a cannula in." Is that is all that right? All, um, is that the one in your hand or something? 
Yeah, so that's the one that goes in the back of your the back of your hand um, yeah. in order to feed your fluids or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, that was because with them thinking that she might have to go in for surgery, they couldn't. She couldn't eat anything. Oh, um, okay. Like, like we we can't, you know, twelve hours before surgery or whatever. You're told not to eat anything, aren't you? So, um, yeah. for for general anaesthetic and stuff. So they. So they were going to have to like hydrate her basically with an IV drip, um, potentially. So because yeah. so Christine wasn't allowed to to feed her anymore. Um, so because Christine's a bit dozy, I sort of say, "Yeah, come on, I'll, I'll sort of come with you." Uh, but would you, can I just confirm? You mean like sleepy? You're not you're not insulting her. Not not on this occasion. <laughs> no, no. As in as in she was dozing in and out of consciousness because she was. Yeah. Yeah, extremely stressed and tired. I must, I must add. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I go with her, and I mean, I couldn't look. It was horrendous for yeah, me. You're it was too good with that sort of stuff, anyway. Are you? No, no. When it comes to my daughter, no, she's too fragile. But at the minute, yeah, but, yeah. But to be honest, I was far worse than she was because they popped this cannula in her wrist and strapped her up, and she didn't didn't make a, a squeak. Yeah. Which is which is amazing. Yeah. Um, God. So, so they've wrapped her up. They've taken her back. I bet um, you were fuming because <laughs> she she'll cry for hours just because like you've moved slightly if you sat on the couch. But yeah. like, do you have her with one of them? And she's like, yeah, yeah what of it? Yeah, that's fine. Get, is that all you've got? <laughs> well, it turns out that wasn't all they had because then they came back in about an hour later and yeah. they said. Uh, still prepping her for surgery and also for the fact that her tummy was so swollen still they yeah. wanted to try and release any bile fluid air that might be trapped in her tummy yeah. and the way they were going to do that was by getting a 10 millimeter in diameter piece of pipe and pushing it in through her nose down it through her throat and into her stomach oh god yeah so at that point after the whole cannula how, sorry thing, say how big it was again 10 millimeters diameter oh god yeah which you imagine the two week old nostrils aren't a great yeah, deal they're... bigger than that no not at all um oh, in fact it went on to say when other nurses came in afterwards they went on to say how surprised they were they were saying this amongst themselves how surprised they were that they'd used 10 mil uh, on such a tiny baby. But then there was a reason for it. It was something to do with what Sheffield would have required had she needed surgery. Yeah. Um, but they were all like, like, wow, that's, you know, that's a tight yeah, fit yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that bit, I'm afraid. I had to leave the room. She really didn't like that. I mean, I've never heard screaming like it. It was awful. Yeah. And, Christine has stayed behind to try and give her some comfort in, but because a couple of nurses were around the cot, she couldn't even get close anyway. So when I walked back towards the room, I could see Christine through the glass, um, yeah. distressed. And when she caught my eye and I gestured for her to come outside, and uh, and then we had a bit of a cry outside the room, basically, because she was just yeah. screaming the place down, bless her. It was, it was pretty awful. Yeah, I bet, mate. It doesn't... Uh... I mean, it's not surprising that it's terrible. It sounds like 
I'm a 30-year-old man. If someone did that, did that to me, I'd be pretty upset about it. So, like, a two-week-old who has no idea that somebody you start yeah. doing that sort of stuff, like, bloody hell. And then for you two to have to sit and watch it. Yeah. So, well, so then what? So then, like I say, then it all starts looking up, really. We spend the night at the hospital, the rest of the, the, rest of the night, as it was. Um, we see the key, the consultant in the morning. Um, this is... This is Sunday morning we're on now, yeah? Yeah, so so the whole thing's happened early hours Sunday morning. So they're yeah. now sort of 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, consultant comes around and she's spoken to a colleague in the children's hospital in Sheffield and they decided that, that they didn't think it was a mechanical problem, she kept saying, and by that she means the bowel. They thought the bowel was working fine. She was passing a lot of urine still which was a good sign and in that time in hospital she'd she'd done a number two as well which which obviously is a good sign um yeah but a tummy a tummy was still inflated and, and still is a bit so they kept us in all of sunday then um observate for observations um all of sunday and then all of sunday night and then mo- half a monday so we came home monday afternoon um, what they've done is they basically said it will pass with time. It's just a severe case of. So there's a thing called colic. Have you ever heard of colic? Uh, I think I, I feel I've heard the word before, but it doesn't do anything in my brain. No, well I had not heard it, or like you, it sounded familiar, but I definitely couldn't have told you what it was. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't define it for all the money in the world. But it's amazing that we've never heard of that because. It's a really, really common thing in babies. Um, okay. So a lot of babies do get it at some point. It's basically a, a t- an upset tummy, including, you know, gas, the trap gas and stuff. And it, it's just incredibly because I think maybe because they're ingesting so much when they're, when they're they're sucking the milk, they're ingesting a lot of air and stuff like that at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and obviously they can't regulate how fast they eat they just go i'm hungry i need to fill my belly as quickly as possible yeah um so i think it is quite a common problem so that they think it's just a severe case of colic which which can pass with time and basically because she was so because she was feeding and it was hurting she was getting wound up because she was getting wound, wound up she needs to feed for comfort rather than hunger so then she'd feed for comfort the comfort feed would make her in more pain so then she'd want more comfort in so she was feeding just for the sake of it so right what what one of the nurses suggested was we were opposed to using a dummy for well for us we weren't going to use one at all if we could get away with it yeah but one yeah, of the nurses that exact thing, yeah. Yeah, suggested you feed her and then you take her off and then if she continues to want feeding, even though she's had a full feed, you just give her a dummy instead and hope to settle her down. How weird is that then? That on like on Thursday or something like that, I text you asking you about dummies on behalf of Beck. Yeah, yeah, that's right, like, yeah. Beck, I, I can't even remember why she was on about it. It was like something really, like, like really nothing. You know what I mean? Like a really minor thing. She just went, "Do uh, do Greg and Christine have uh, have 
dummies for the baby. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'll ask him. And he's like, oh, find out what kind. Like, All right, yeah, whatever. So she's all back home and she's okay now then? Yeah, well, she's, she's yeah, she, she wasn't okay yesterday, but um, still, she's still, she had, she had a bad couple of hours, but um, yeah. I mean, she looked okay today on the video that, that, that I sent you. Yeah. Uh, that was obviously sent to me from, from Christine um, and she looked happy yeah, enough. So but, heard, yeah, we've got video today of, of Ollie at what, how many days old? Which is, she must be 16 seven, days old, yeah? 16 or 17 today, yeah. Yeah, uh, holding her own head up. Which is amazing. It's meant to be yeah. like a month to six weeks. It's pretty good, that, mate. It's like a dad, got strong neck muscles. <laughs> it's like a dad's hairline. I know, yeah. Tell me about it. I hope, <laughs> I'm hoping it fills out a little bit for her, bless her, otherwise she's in a bit of trouble. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, can't, I think we spoke about this last time, but um, me and Beck went to get that scan on, would it have been Thursday or Friday of last week? Yeah, yeah, like the unplanned scan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was relieved to see that uh, that she doesn't have my big nose in that one. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. When so, when's the next scan? Oh, she shouldn't have any more scans now. It was just that um, the size thing where she was worried that she might be a bit too small or whatever, wasn't it? So right. so there isn't any more planned scans then. No more planned ones, no. So she's got, uh, she was at the midwife yesterday um, to try and get the bloods that they couldn't get last Thursday, um, which they did. So, so yeah, so the next one's like two weeks from now. She's just on a fortnightly midwife visits now. Right. Yeah, so everything's just back to normal. The, yeah, they measured her and said, like, if, the, if there's the... Ooh... There was, sorry, there was just nearly a crash in front of me there. I heard a horn go. Yeah, there was two horns. The horn of the guy going, be careful, there's a crash. And the <laughs> horn of the guy going, if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to crash into you. Do you think uh, there should be two different types of horn? Because I, on that point, I've always thought there should be two horns on your wheel so that they are distinguishable. There should be a... Like, oh, there should be the hey, one for whoa. the... Yeah, there should be the the nice one yeah. that they use like in Europe, you know, for like, hey, after you, mate, bop, bop, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, no, I insist the same, like a horn that does the same as that hand gesture where you open your palm upwards. Yeah, you know, that to, one. yeah. So Please, that one, sir, just, after yeah, you. <laughs> very like uh, old fashioned English gentleman pip pip. And yep. then there should be the one that goes like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's God! it. Yeah. Because like, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's all sorts of things that cars do now, and we haven't mastered the friendly horn in this country, so... No, I think it should have, but there's plenty... I mean, there's all those buttons and contraptions on the steering wheel. Just stick one horn by your right thumb and one horn by your left thumb. Happy oh. horn, happy horns, angry horn. <laughs> Good boy, bad boy. <laughs> it's like um, the um, the devil and the, the, the angel on the one, one on each shoulder. You've just got a devil on one thumb and an angel on the other thumb. So I'm all for the idea I would have one slight change to the design though, mate. And that would be um, you need to have that angry one where the current one is anyway for the 
because in, in an instinct, at, the, at that very moment of like, whoa, what are you doing, son? You're not going to go right, right or left. Which one's the happy one? Which one's the sad one? You're just going to hammer on the wheel. Yeah, but you say that, but in an emergency stop situation, you don't hammer the accelerator, do you? You hammer the brake. Yeah, but also, I mean, so I'm new to driving. Um, I've only been driving at current time, what, uh, like nine months, something like that, nine, ten uh, months. And just remind us how many how many goes at your driving test you did. Me, mate, first time. First time flying colours, no minors, no nothing. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even start the engine. I got in, he went, Well, you know what you're doing. For you. <laughs> That's said, if you anything if anything, you should be giving the tests, he said. But is that because you turned up in goggles and a driving gloves? <laughs> uh, no, in all honesty, it took me I think I passed on my fourth attempt. Yeah. With, and how many and how many with theories? Maybe like five attempts at my theory. Yeah. I mean I passed my theory the first time when I was a kid, but then I failed the practical. I mean it so it was annoying, then it was funny, and then it went past funny again and just went into despair. So what's that, like five times? <laughs> yeah, fr- from your personal point of view, though. Oh, not yeah, it was from, funny for everybody else. Apart from, from Beth, out, who yeah. was watching me... I mean, she was just watching me fling 50 quid notes <laughs> into the sky. <laughs> oh, another test, sir. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, you should have got one of those, like, loyalty cards that you get at Costa or whatever, where they stamp your card every five failed tests, you get a free one. Yeah, yeah, that would have come in very handy. Although I'd have probably failed that one as well. Or passed it the one, the one just before getting a freebie and being really annoyed about that. Oh, God. Or you got your stamps, but on your fourth stamp, you put your stamp in the wrong place, so you failed that test as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're so cruel. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, the, um, the point I was going to make is that like, I've been driving for nine, ten months, um, yep. and I've been in situations, maybe not that many, but a handful where the angry honk of the horn has been more than warranted like that's that should have been what i did and I, it, it's not my instinct yet to do that right so like you... if it's not my instinct to hammer on the horn in the same place that i know it's been for all of my life then to re- try to reconfigure that and put it on my right hand side on my left hand side would just go doubly slow i'd be i'd be at home already and i go that knobhead cut me up Mama! Well, I tell you what, next time you come down here, yeah. I'll take you out in the van for for like getting, 20 It sounds like a threat. For like 20 minutes and yeah. by the end of that 20 minutes you'll be the angriest most road rage driven driver you've oh, ever what, seen. Is this, this is the revenge of the white van man, is it? It can't it, it's something weird as soon as you get behind the wheel. I think it's the elevation. As soon as you're higher than oh, everyone else, you presume you're s- better. So what I was thinking there was that you were saying, oh, woe is me. When I'm in the white van, everyone drives like an arse around me because they think I'm driving like an arse. But no, you are confessing when you get in your white van, you drive like an arse. I'm saying that it makes you incredibly angry as a van driver yeah. when you drive a van because uh, you kind of, I think it's the elevation because you're looking down on everyone else literally. I think yeah. that it makes you look down on everyone figuratively as well. And not rightly, of course, but I do believe that's the case. 
when can we expect the written form of your thesis, white van then, to hit the shelves? Well, I'll I'll be doing I'll be completing my dissertation by 2020. <laughs> Does it not make you drive a little bit better? Bearing in mind that your name, email address, and personal phone number are plastered on the side of it. Now, yeah, this has been a consideration. When I lived in Spain, I had a friend that was a property management um, had a property management company, and his car was sign written, and his wife used to go absolutely mad at him because he was quite horn happy as well when he was out yeah. driving and she used to go bonkers saying like you know it's got the company name and logo on the side it's not you're not giving us a very good uh, a very good impression so yeah um so yeah you do need to be careful to be honest i have i'm not bad because i always feel like a bit of a bell end afterwards you know when i lose my rag i always feel like a bit yeah. of a bell end you're not, because um, you're not really, you're not an angry man, really, are you? You sort of, you don't really have that gear, or you don't have it for very long. No, well, the only time I was happy with a bit of road rage. Oh, like, I was in the car. Yeah, that's when I was. Oh, content. this is wonderful stuff. This is podcast material. This is when I was content with road rage because I felt that it was handled appropriately and controlled, and it was for the right reason. It was very good. May I set the scene? Please. So my, my wife, Beck was maybe four months pregnant. Yeah, it was about yeah. two, months, two months ago, two and a half months ago. So my wife, Beck is four months pregnant. Christine is heavily pregnant, about maybe about a month out, about yeah. six weeks out. But you know, we, we're talking big bumps. Uh, and we went to... We came down to visit you on our way back from Wales and we went to a lovely little pub on your recommendation to just sit and have a, have a natter, have a bit of a catch-up. Uh, and then we, we just had a, it was time to head off because it was, you know, it was dinner time. We are getting cooked for by, uh, by Greg Birds, the lovely host. <laughs> and uh, there was that, there was a guy, he wasn't, he was youngish, wasn't he? He was sort of like early 20s. Well, it was, when I, looked, it was when I looked in the rear view mirror and I saw... It was a yellow... Yeah, it was bright Ibiza, yellow. Yeah. And the guy was kind of sitting back like he was driving on a deck chair rather than a car seat. Just just for uh, clarity, I'm currently driving a seat at Ibiza right now. <laughs> but it's not bright yellow and you're not sitting on your car your seat like it's a deck chair. Nah, I, I sit quite like the granddad and it's red. Yeah, that's all I'm, right. Yeah, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. I don't get. You, no one will do to me what you did to him. <laughs> Which was? Do you want to carry the story? On? No, I. I think I really want to hear it from your point of view. Okay, well, from my point of view, uh, I've looked in the rearview mirror, and uh, we're, we're driving through a village at this point, so it's a thirty-mile-an-hour area, and I'm driving mm. at thirty miles an hour. Yeah. And I look in my rearview mirror, and he's pretty close to the back of the car. So I give him another two or three minutes of having glances every 30 seconds or so, and he's still not, not backed up any. Yeah. So I kind of waited until there was a little bit of a um, straight <laughs> part of road, straight length yeah. of road, and went from 30 miles an hour to a dead stop in about four or five seconds. Uh, it was odd. It, there was no. It wasn't an emergency stop because we in the car 
we didn't fit. There was no jolt of a stop. So that was quite good because you didn't do it angrily. Like if you did it angry, you would have done an emergency stop and therefore put us uncomfortable in the car. But that yeah. didn't happen. It was like, it was the same way you would just sort of slow down to turn left. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, really, well, that... It was really steady. I liked it. Well, I thought, again, an emergency stop, I, didn't, I wouldn't want to be hurting anybody myself just to try and prove a point. So, yeah. Um, and the, the point you proved was? Well, then I opened the door, the driver's door, and I walked round the back of the car to the, the seat that had had to pull in behind me because there was, there was nowhere to go, obviously. Um, I tapped on the window and then he lowered his window and I basically... You do already sound like you're telling this in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I kindly asked the young gentleman yeah. uh, if, if he was in any particular hurry, as I had two pregnant ladies in the back of my car and would appreciate it if he would either A, back up from the vehicle or B, go round me and get out of the way. And uh, to be fair to him, I didn't shout. I'd said it in a, I think I said it in a kind of uh, rhetorical question way. And I think he realised probably from the look of my face, rather than the need to raise my voice, that I was quite serious about it. You and did uh, You did a very good, uh, stern, angry dad. You weren't, well, no, you weren't angry. You were disappointed. And that yeah, was powerful. That's um, what I was going for. What, if I could give my my version of events just a little bit different to yours all i would say is that i, I didn't see you um i didn't see you shout at the guy yeah that's right um you did talk forceful enough for uh, the northeast turn of phrase for his arse to fall out <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah we were all like sort of oh my god what's happened there because you got out of the car so quickly that we didn't really the, the stop and you getting out of the car was almost the same thing. It was a, the same movement. So we in the car were like, oh, what's going on here? And then when you came back, there was just kind of like a, a combination of stunned, awkward silence of like, oh, my God, what's Greg up to? And wow, that was good. That was, that yeah, was something you don't see every day. I wanted to get out quickly so that he didn't have time to go past me so that I could get my... My point, point across, across. because yeah. the thing was, if in all honesty, joking aside, he was very apologetic. He said, I wasn't trying to be a dick, mate. I'm really, really sorry. Really apologetic. Probably, like you say, because he could tell the tone of my voice and the look in my eye that I wasn't messing around with him. Yeah. But in all honesty, all joking apart, the in my head, if one more time now in the future he's driving too close to somebody and he thinks just once oh, remember that hang on a minute i better back up a little bit here just you, yeah. never, you never know who's in the car in front that, yeah that, that might help just once that might help somebody that that had to break suddenly he might stop him going into the back of them or or whatever you know it my dad always used to say to me when when i was learning to drive whenever you go round a corner too fast you just think that there could be a little boy on his bike around that corner and he only said it to me once but he could have said it to me a thousand times because every time I go around a corner that I can't see around now 
I always hear his words in my head and it always makes me slow down a little bit. Oh. And I think to myself, if that lad comes out of that and he just thinks, oh, maybe I'll just give him an extra couple of metres here, just you never know who's in the car in front, then it, it's worth it. Smashing stuff. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, our, uh, there's our lesson to end on it for the day. Yeah, oh, you need it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you need a. <laughs> believe me, my moral compass is not the one people should be following. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Good. no, that's uh, anyway. Good. Um, yeah, I should wrap up as well. I'm, uh, I'm about to pick my father up. Uh, okay. Uh, nice. Before I head into town, yeah, I'm just dropping him in town. Okay, cool. Well, have fun, and I will. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you very I'll soon. I'll speak to you soon. All right, dude. Nice one. Catch, Catch you later. soon. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye.